You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Hello and welcome podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA sports. I am Jason Talbot. Episode 52 with me today, of course, the one, the only, Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, how the hell are you? 52. I, kinda, I, I was trying to remember what number it was. I had to make sure because it's, it's been a while. Uh, it has. It has. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. My throat's a little, a little scratchy today because a lot okay. of screaming yesterday. Um, that's what happens when you, <laughs> when you go to a Nick <laughs> game, you know, yeah. the things I'm very, I'm normally a very soft-spoken person. So I always tell people the one time my voice just kind of goes, you got to let it out when you're at the garden. You know, listen, man, if, if, if you're a Nick fan and your head isn't in the gutter, uh, I think, you know, what's going on with the Knicks right now, six in a row. And coming off a game at the Garden, beating the Pels in overtime, wild game. I I, I'm I love throw, Samoa my, team, my, man. <laughs> my throat is a little uh, scratchy as well, uh, watching Reggie Bullock hit that three to bring it in overtime. I mean, this team just has no quit, but you were at the game, and uh, a bunch of want to talk to talk to you about today, but I just want to ask you, like, what was it like being – at the stadium, getting to see the team, I, I just I just want to hear all about it, man. I mean, it's uh, it's quite a thrill. I mean, it's been a while. I haven't been to a game since October of last year or 2019 when they uh, played the Bulls. I think that was the one game I went to last season, and I'll tell you, even with only 2,000 people in the arena, it definitely sounds like. 2000 i mean 20,000 it, it sounds like 20,000 really like it's loud but i mean it's it's weird there's like a couple moments i think at the start of the second half where they weren't playing any of the music so it was like dead silent in there because you know people walk around at halftime so there it was a little emptier it was kind of weird so, to, it was like you're in an empty gym watching them play like, now you were on the first level uh you posted a video up on twitter uh, of that uh, OT shot that yeah. looked like you had some some good seats. It sounds like everyone pretty much had good seats uh, in the arena. I, mean, so, like, I, I, could you... I appreciate all the all the all the love <laughs> on the video. There's a lot of people <laughs> commenting, yeah. reposting, liking. I mean, hey, you, know? you you love that live look. Uh, could you hear what was going on on the court and some of the players? I mean, could you hear Tibbs yelling for 48 minutes? Uh, Not as much as I thought. Like, because I think you know the the mics when you watch it on TV are a little bit closer, so sure. you can hear it. There were times I wasn't really listening for him, but between him and Van Gundy, like Van Gundy screams also. So yeah, sure. Between the two of them, you could kind of hear you. You heard a little gruff sound, and you knew it was them. But you could hear you could hear the players yelling stuff, and you know, Elford's got that high pitched voice. You can kind of hear it from from wherever. But if you focus, you could hear what they were saying. But Surrounded by enough people that, you know, you heard the crowd. There was a little crowd noise they pumped in there, but it was. Do you think the part of that was because 
it was such a good game. I mean, the Knicks were pretty much playing well all game. You thought like, oh, this one's going to get away from them. Tibbs pulls out Alfred and I'm like, okay, we're back <laughs> in it. We got a chance. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it got to that point. We're down, what, seven with two, three minutes left to go. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen again. At that like, point, does it start to happen. get a little quiet? Is that where you start to hear the court a little more the squeaks of the shoes and a couple groans like... here and there. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, and it's funny. There's like one half of the arena that was noticeably louder than the other one. And you go up a little bit, you could like the higher hundreds into the 200 levels. They were loud and you could hear when the chant started, they always wow, started from that great. side. You gotta and love to hear that. So then you kind of hear it like those MVP chants for Julius and you hear it on one side and then you get them on the other side. They're not quite in sync, but it goes for a little while. Like that's when it was really loud when those MVP chants were going. And it was like near the end of near near the end of the game. And I see Elford come back in. You just hear everyone just going, (laughs) oh, no. And you hear you can hear the crowd. That's when you hear a lot of conversation was just really loud. You can hear people talking. And it was just like. Oh, and I apologize for anyone listening. If you could hear, there's someone doing cutting up some wood in the back hey, here. Man, it's spring my time, song. Springtime. I'll try it's and clear it out. But, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was cool just to be in there. And I probably had the best, I'll say the best seats in the house. Unless I was sitting next to Tracy Morgan, these were the best seats I could have had. Because it looked good, man. It looked good. We're right below the announcer booth. So Clyde's like <laughs> 10 feet away from me sitting up in the booth looked completely lost. Every time I looked at him, it looked like it wasn't, he was deep focus. You know, he was like, he was in there. He was looking at something, <laughs> but we had him. Rebecca was standing like rough to the side of me. Cause she was standing there like practicing all the stuff she was going to say. So she was just kind of in the aisle right next to me talking. I tried to, I got a picture of her. I tried to get her to turn around, but it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. Kenny, was up there. I think the girl who does Malika Andrews, she was up there for ESPN. She was in the back. Man, I, so it was the, excite, like, the excitement is is off the charts here, Marcus. I gotta say, you're, I mean, you're pretty amped up. It was wild. It was wild, you know. Like, and I captured some footage. You know, I wanted to document a lot of it. So I'm gonna try to put together a little a little video we can post on on uh, Instagram and Twitter just to give people a look at what it's like in there, you know, what it sounds like, what it feels like. But this is probably the most entertaining game I've been to in my lifetime. And like, I've been to a bunch of games, but the only other OT game I went to was the David Lee tipping with uh, a 0.3 seconds left. I was there, but this one, I was like, I don't know, man. It was, it was, it was kind of crazy. And I was with somebody who does not care for basketball but she came just as a, a, you know, just to get the experience. She likes to go to games. So even she was getting into it. And I think she probably just found it more entertaining to watching me get a little wild. But the only thing that kind of, I wouldn't say sucks, but it was just you had to be aware of it was you couldn't be like high-fiving the people around you and stuff. Like, you know, yeah, you want to be like. Of course. I, I mean, with... I figured there's going to be some protocols. Yeah. Um, and place, they were, you know. No one was actually close enough to me to do that. Like I had, there was a good amount of space between, but you could, you acknowledge everyone around you and kudos to MSG and just, you know, like how they are handling all the protocols. Like security was on it for people to keep those masks on. Like if you had it down for more than like 30 seconds, someone was coming up and just kind of giving you the, hey, pull it up, pull it up. So, you know, making sure everyone's, you know, safe and 
comfortable out there. It's a really uh, good point. I forget about the the classic. You go to a game and the the high five the strangers around you when something good happens. Yeah, you want to really you want to interact, but you uh, couldn't do it. So, like uh, the, unless you're Tracy Morgan and Fat Joe, like they were they were having a good time down there. So that that's a nice little uh, segue into the question I wanted to ask you too. Of like me and you, we've been to a lot of games together. Uh, the last 20 years going to MSG, I mean, there was a the mellow years, you know, with Tyson and Amari. Those are some fun games to be at. That, that was probably the only couple of years that it was fun to to really watch the team play and see some competitive games. So even with only 2,000 people in the stadium, did you immediately, and it sounds like you did, but did you immediately get the sense watching this team, like seeing them on the court? Like it, it was different for you and just you can feel that camaraderie between the team and there's something just that there's something like special about this team. I mean, they're four games over 500 now, a little something said, in six the air. In a row, uh, an OT win, you know, and again, this is the sixth in a row, a great win. Uh, the win against the Mavericks, uh, the game before was absolutely great. I mean, a guy, I think at the end of the game, Nerlens made that block on Brandon Ingram. And the whole team came off the bench to go pick them up. Like there just seems to be a buzz happening in New York. I'm done doubting this team. I'm always, I'm always, you know, I'm always texting you like, okay, yeah. Enjoy this now. Cause the, the bad stuff is coming. They're going to start losing. And like, I'm done, man. I'm done. I mean, part of me still worries about that. Like I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> you know, we still have a stretch of games coming up that could be tough. So I don't know, but there's, I mean, when you watch even in the pregame, just like how they interact with each other, like you're saying, like, do I see anything that's different about the team and how they interact with each other? Like, they look like they're having fun. You know, they joke around with each other. And it's a lot of young guys, too. So, they, you know, they're, they're kids out there just like having a good time. And you watch like Frank and RJ and Obi and Kevin, like they're just kind of having fun running around playing around and it's uh you see you see it out there with this team and it's like i feel like that's a big thing for tibbs too is that a lot of reasons probably why they didn't make any trades is because he didn't want to disrupt the chemistry on the team and sure. it, it plays a big role and you see a lot of these guys there's no there's we have one star on the team and you know, it's almost it's almost like in the '90s when you had not to say Julius Randle was Patrick Ewing, but you, Patrick Ewing was the centerpiece, and they just put a bunch of role players around him, and I, that's how that team was built. Yeah, I mean, call me crazy. The way Julius Randle is playing right now, I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's. We're not going to say Patrick he's Patrick Ewing, Ewing. But, <laughs> but, but but I will say Julius Randle on the floor right now is doing more. When it comes to the rebounding, assists, scoring, I mean, he's doing, he is doing everything. Um, you know, and as much as we like to say that this Knicks team, you know, they're such a team right now, like you're saying, the, the comparison that you're making, Julius Randle went down tomorrow. This New York Knicks team is not winning games. Don't even put just, that in there. I, I, I hate even thinking it. Like, I, every time I think about it, I'm like, I forget yeah, I said. But, but you see the point <laughs> I'm trying to make. We love to say, oh, this is such a, like, team that we have here. Um, and every guy is, is important. And if one guy, like if RJ went down, I still, I still think the Knicks would be able to scrap together some wins. We got 
you know, when Burks comes back, we got a lot of guards who could fill the spot. I mean, we definitely struggle. I mean, RJ's playing absolutely great. Uh, but you can't be – if Randall's out of there and Obi's moving into the starting lineup, like, I, you just feel like everything's going to fall apart. Right now, Randall is the clear best player. He's the clear centerpiece of this team. Uh, and the engine. I, I got to give him props, man. He's he's say. the reason this team is succeeding right now. Yeah, and you know, I'd I'd even go as far as to say, you know, he's again not saying he's Patrick Ewing, but <laughs> he's the most we're not well-rounded. That. He's we're the most well-rounded that. centerpiece we've had. Yeah on the team because like you said of what he's doing like his assist numbers his rebound numbers you know how he plays both on offense and his defense isn't elite yeah. or anything but it's still better than it was and you have those guys like a neuro- there, there's a lot of guys in this team that complement each other well enough and that's that's what was missing on you know previous teams is None of, there was there was like even last year there were no guys that like fit together, and you can yeah. see the pieces starting to come. And they're working them together in the right ways, and it all it all starts with Julius. And if if we're gonna make a run, if we're gonna make it, he's definitely the engine that's gotta that's gotta drive the car there. So so lately, especially I mean I mean you've been on top of these games. I, I'll admit I, I've I've got some life things going on my attention to the games i'm trying to follow it i have not uh been watching all 48 minutes i've been getting a good glimpse i mean yesterday i caught the second half of the game and really glad i did uh man oh man i was just going nuts watching like it perfect i thought you were gonna miss the game when you you told me it's like oh i'm not even watching i was like oh Uh, turn this one on yeah i mean but so i want to ask you i mean I'm, i'm giving all this praise to randall we're talking about him but over this last six games, especially, what would you say is the number one thing uh, that is leading to this Knicks success? I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying Randall has been great, but there's just so many things working. I mean, this role players, uh, you know, Derek Rose is playing great. The coaching, uh, do you give it to them and just the player development? Like, what, what is the, the, the number one ingredient in the secret sauce right now uh, for this Knicks team? I mean, I think it comes I think it comes back to that fact that it's a team. You know, like Reggie and Julius said it a so, couple weeks ago that so it's give, we're a big fifteen, not a big three. And I give it to I mean, I guess you give it to you give a little bit to the coaching staff, but also just the guys wanting to play for each other and understanding the role they have to play. Because when they say it's a big 15, you know, it's like from 1 to 15, they all have bought in and they all get what it takes to try to win games. And you see those little blips every now and then. You know, we lost a couple very, very close games. Those We have, what, like three games in a row we've lost by two points. So it's it, it might take some of that, some of those losses to figure out how to win. And that's what a young team has to do. They got to figure out how to win. You take those losses and you, you build from it and you learn from it. And I got to say, it's like the fact that it's a, it's a full squad. And I think that is, that's the biggest thing I'm noticing is that they're playing as a team yeah. because Julius notices that, you know, sometimes he can't do it all by himself. He tries to sometimes a little too much for my taste, but when he's got a, you saw it against Dallas. You even saw it last night when he's got a pass out of the double team, he knows when the double team is coming. And makes He's that read really of who to swing that. the ball around. 
And I remember those days of Eddie Curry, and he could not figure out how to pass out of a double team. It was the most frustrating thing. <laughs> he just couldn't do it. And it was Eddie. like, what are you doing? And he understands now he's, you know, you see occasional mishaps but and some turnovers. But for the most part, he's trusting the guys around him. And I think when you start to tr- – and Derek Rose said it yesterday too. When you're starting to trust those guys are going to make those shots, they're going to make the right plays – it makes everything better as a team because without that trust, he's not kicking it out to Reggie for that three, you know? Yeah. And, and all, well, that's also just Lonzo ball making a bonehead mistake on defense, guarding a guy you're up three, just let Rose score. And that one little step he took out, gave Reggie ball. Just and it's funny. Shoot. Like when that happened in real oh, time, man. I'm watching this because you saw the, the ocean opened up for Rose going into the paint. And I was like, don't take the two. Like we don't need a two. And just boom. He, his first step is still so quick. And just his decision-making is better than most guards out in the game. Like that experience he has, when you see for that split second, that Lonzo moves and you have that angle to get him the shot. I mean, I don't think he would have taken the two anyway, because Knox was open on the other side. Also, I think that was the other read was to get it to him. Because he's standing, he was wide open in the corner also. But and I don't know if I would have trusted uh, Knox to hit that shot. But Reggie didn't even barely touch the rim like that. They knew yeah. as soon as that went up, and I I lost it. You can hear it in the video. A, a, a nice, <laughs> rich scream from me, and I was I was losing it. And part of me was still like, "There's still time left. We've been burned before. I don't want to see this. Who makes the play?" To disrupt the and, shot at the end, Derrick yeah. Rose gets out there. And yeah. it and goes to show, mind, like... R.J. Barrett fouled out. Uh, I was, yeah, I was a little... Like, it was tough because Reggie had five fouls, R.J. had five fouls, and yeah. those refs were not doing us any favors as One, as normal. Yeah. I'll take the fine. I don't care. But <laughs> we... Uh, when when it came down to... to Crunch time, it's like, okay, you're seeing who Tibbs trusts also. And I'm, I mean, you know now, if Tibbs trusts you, you have a job for the rest of your career as long as he is coaching. Because you bring in a Taj Gibson, who love him. We both love Taj. Yeah, I mean, I do not love Taj Gibson, man. Just you bring in him, you bring in a Derrick Rose. Those those guys he brought up from when they were young and has all the faith in the world in them. And they continue to play 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 hard for him. And... He trusts his so, guys. Part of me is like, if Elford was in the game, he would have taken that layup. So, I don't want to shit on Elford. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah, but I, I want to play a little yeah. devil's advocate here. I, I'm glad you bring that up because, yeah, the bringing out Elford. I mean, first of all, bringing Elford back in, and then, like you said, it, it seems so obvious. I I've always said this. I don't mind Elford starting games. I think that's fine. But when it comes to the end of the game, when it's a close game, playing defense against Elford Payton, teams figure it out by the end of the game leave him wide open on the three-point line and then you can collapse and he bricked the shot from the corner and that's the he had that open three of the corner it's like what are you doing the Knicks stop scoring they're down seven okay you bring in Rosen quickly and all of a sudden like things just start going back the Knicks are moving and grooving everything's looking good they go to OT they win the game Alfred's on the bench Every Nick fan's happy. Every Nick you know, you know it's funny. I'll give I'll give you a little a little thing I saw. It's just something I happened to notice on the sideline. Elford sits like 
three rows behind everybody else. Like he's not even close to the to the rest of the players. And when he had to come back in, he's like on the corner in the back. And like five guys had to turn and yell. They're like waving their arms around to get his attention. He's like, "You have to come in." He's like, "Oh, oh, who me?" And he comes out. So he, I think he's understanding his role as the black sheep, well, and he's just kind of chilling so in the corner. When you just made the point too of Tibbs starting the right people. Just want to play a little devil's advocate because we've sometimes been hard on Tibbs about his rotations, right? He did make the right move with Alfred taking him out last night. RJ goes off the bench. And so they put in Rosen quickly, which I think was a great spark. They were scoring. We love when Rosen quickly are playing together. It's just such a nice combo. And all those things added up. Rose made the, as you said, pass to Reggie. And then he made the defensive play at the end of the game. I mean, you can credit Rose to, you know, part of a big reason why the Knicks won last night. But even the game before, Burks has been out. Alec Burks has been out, which has been, I thought was a huge loss. And I didn't see the Knicks really winning the last two games because of him being out. And he's been so, he's been amazing. I I threw some hate at him earlier. Again, I'm going to come back. I'm done. I'm not throwing hate. Hating a little, but yeah. The guy has been bananas good. I mean, he's just been fantastic. Uh, both ends of the floor, playing great. When you need a bucket, this guy's going in. I mean, he was taking minutes away from RJ sometimes. He was running the point. Guy's been great. With him out, during the Dallas game, Frank got a few minutes at the end of the Dallas game, locking down Luka. If Alex Burks is, like, healthy, Frank's probably not seeing any minutes. The Knicks might not win that game. Or maybe they do. I mean, you don't know. There's so many things that could happen. But I guess as I said, playing devil's advocate, do you, are you liking Tibbs rotations more now? Or do you think a product of injury, like Nerland, another guy who's been getting more minutes and he's been playing great. I mean, he, he's, he's been playing better than Mitch was playing when Mitch was fully healthy. And I'll say it like he has been awesome. Former first round, uh, first round pick. I mean, Nerland's is showing up the way people thought Nerlens could show up. That's the thing, yeah. He's not a bad player. It's it's, so, it's it's just it's the hands that confuse everybody. But he's yeah, he's so playing gonna, well. I'm having a little trouble giving Tibbs the credit. I mean, Tibbs gets a ton of credit, the coaching staff, but we've been hard on his rotations and his subbing. And I'm just wondering, like, has certain things happened that it's making him look good? versus he's really making those decisions like i don't know i'm, I'm having a little I'm, I'm back and forth i don't i mean it's the, I don't, what it's i've noticed critical but something that i've noticed at least the last two three games is how he's doing how he's doing his rotations and i think it could also just be a, fa- a matter of who we're playing but you see him doing more matching up with the other team's stars minutes and how he plays Julius. So like when Luca comes out, Julius comes out. So like Obi's in for like two minutes at the end of the first quarter. He did it last night with Zion too. Like that's his matchup. So when Zion comes out, Julius comes out and that's, I'm trying to think like if he did it with, I only really noticed it the last three games. And you see a couple of those weird rotations where, he brings guys in for like two, three minutes at a time. You bring in Obi for a couple of minutes, and it's like, why, why, why now? Like, what do you, why do this? Yeah. And sure. I always kind of 
had issue with that with that philosophy of like when our star like when your star goes out, our star goes out. It's like he's playing fine, play him against the second unit, you know, let him get you know, let him take over there too, and then sit him in the second quarter. But I I still I still do, yeah. I like we were very, very critical of Tibbs. I want to say what was it like a month ago when yeah. we were going through a bad stretch and, and it's like what is he yeah. doing? Guilty. What is he yeah. doing? And and I think you know, he's starting to not to say he's monitoring minutes because Julius is still playing oh, like over yeah. 40 minutes a game, but a bunch of the guys play over 40 on the Dallas game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of mixing and matching. And I think he's starting to know who's going to play by now. I think he knows who plays well together and it's got, it's, you know, I still, I, I'm not going to hate on Tibbs. I, I, I can't, but you know, a couple question marks and rotations. Yes, I still don't. We still don't really know um, how it's all gonna. You know what he's thinking sometimes, but you know we're, we can't complain now yeah. in a six game win streak. I don't think there's much yeah. we can can complain about because it's tough, man. I mean, we we've talked about not guys like Knox and Frank who have really not seen the minutes unless there's been injuries for them to get in there, and uh, for the most part, when they do get the minutes, they I like seeing him out there. I like being able to work those guys. And then Frank, it's just when he comes out and is asked to like lock up a guy and play defense, we have him. And I feel like we can utilize that more. But at the same time, I do understand, like I've always been a Reggie Bullock fan. A lot of fans were turning on him a little bit uh, a few weeks ago and now everyone's loving him. And I've, I've always really liked him. And, you know, as I said, Alec Burks, like I'm playing him over Frank, like, sorry, I, and I get that with Tim, like you just. But that's the, great. that's the beauty of what, 20, like, what I was saying before of having, you know, the big 15 is a lot of these guys, they're ready when they have yeah. to come in. They, I think everyone gets it. You know, you can't really complain too much when you're winning, but yeah. it's like Frank knows when he's asked to come in, he's going to, he's going to play hard. He's going to play well. And yeah, yesterday the refs didn't really help him out. He got three quick fouls, but Tibbs, you can see Tibbs trusts him. And to, to come in when RJ's in foul trouble, Reggie's in foul trouble, you got to put a guy in there that can play some defense and get you some stops. And yeah. that's what Frank does when you need shooters. He puts knocks out there. It's, you know, he, he trusts those guys. And I think those guys get it enough that they're not going to complain. And yeah. that's what and you I, want. And I'm hoping that he's explaining to those guys too that, listen, you guys are young. We have other older guys who are playing great right now and we're developing a team, you know, and keep in mind a lot of these other guys like Burks and I mean, Peyton still a lot of one year deals. They're not on long contracts. Like we don't know what this team is going to look like, uh, you know, moving forward. And that's, what's kind of scary. I think Randall and, and RJ are probably the only two guys I know for sure are going to be with this team long term. I, I don't even think I could say that yet about quickly, Knox, Frank, Nerlens, Mitch. Like I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that those guys are gonna be Knicks for a long time. I think it's safe to say now that Randall will be. I heard beginning of the season a lot of people saying now let's trade Randall, trade high, this and that, but like I, I'm in on Randall, man. I'm I'm he's I'm the, in. he's We're the not, guy, you know people worry about spending too much money. Um and then what it's like where else are you gonna spend the money? I mean this guy this guy just dropped 44, 10. I mean, he's, he's huge, man. 
Randall is he's he's a hand like he's a lot to deal with. He's a, so. he's a big boy, you know. He's a lot to do. That's what that was crazy seeing him and Zion go against each other. Zion's a big dude, and <laughs> it's just like seeing him in person too. It's like he's a yeah. he's a big guy, and for as small as he is too, that's the one thing that got me during the game. We got out rebounded. I don't know what the rebounding numbers were, yeah. but just watching it, it's like every they got so many offensive rebounds that. I, it's just like grab a rebound, but you know, yep. Nerlens comes up with a big block in the end. You know, you get the stops when you need when you need to. That was a beautiful thing down the stretch. Is the way yeah. they play defense, yeah, and got the stops they needed. Get out, you, get out in transition. Derrick Rose is the one you trust to get to the basket. He can just attack the rim, and you know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how it how it continues to play out. We got five more home games in a row. Yep. against yep. good teams and teams we're jostling with for position. So it's uh it's pretty awesome saying, to yeah. see this team, this young team grow together. They're on a win streak. You hope they keep it going. As you said, they got the five game home stretch, Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, Phoenix, Chicago. Um, any, those games could go any way. And I, I, what's beautiful with this team. And we've kind of said that all year, even though we thought with this tough schedule, I, I don't think anyone saw them winning six in a row, uh, regardless of who you play. Uh, it's, it's just, it's awesome, man. Like the, the New York Knicks, man. It's a, Nets it's a feel good Monday, too. yeah. Hey, that was fun. Uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. It's, it's a great time to be a Knicks fan. You, you feel, you feel like the Knicks are building something here. Um, and a culture. We're finally doing the thing that we said we've been trying to do every time the Knicks hire a new coach. Um, and I think, a goal for us, the Knicks start losing a couple games. Let's do our best to pump the brakes and not point so many fingers. I think I, you know, Don't I panic. think we like the group. Let's not panic. We're the Knicks are overachieving uh, right now. We're setting new expectations. And hey, man, just smile. It's it's this is this is fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, uh, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, it's, I will uh, be at the game again on Wednesday, so awesome. I'll you know. Try to post some more content. Oh man, what I and that's a big to one see. too against the Hawks. So. What I love to see the Knicks beat the Hawks right now. Oof, um, Hawks are cooking. All right, Marcus, it has been real. Love the recap. Love the the inside info at MSG. Um, next time, yeah, when you see Clyde, tell him uh, throw him a throw him a business card and see if, <laughs> see if we get him on. <laughs> talk talk some hoops. Uh, this has been episode 52 of the let's talk Knicks podcast uh you can follow us on twitter at let's talk Knicks, marcus at m chin or me at jason talbot episode 52 in the books we'll talk to you next time